Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Revelation chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 8. Revelation 13 in verse 8, and the portion of the scripture I want to look at says, calls Jesus that the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So before time began, God already had a plan. Before Adam ever missed it, before Adam ever sinned, God already had the remedy in place. Think of that. That's how God works. He's that far in front. So know this, the devil has no possibility of being in front of God. That means his strategies against your life has no potential of being in front of God's solutions in your life. Amen. When God said he's made you the head, he's not just talking about, about a day or two. He's put you so far in front, your eons of time in front of the strategies of the enemy. Amen. So long before your need ever showed up, the genius of God had already made a plan. The wisdom of God was already so far in front of what could potentially even go wrong in your life. God was already at working. He had already had the plan for your miracle and already provided for it. Amen. He knew that man would fall. He didn't plan it, but he planned the remedy for man's fall. And so we can say this, that the backside of redemption was in place even before Adam sinned. Amen. Then Jesus came and fulfilled that plan. Um, And this is what I want to minister on this morning is called the backside of your miracle. The backside of your miracle. How many of you know that your salvation is the greatest miracle? So you've already received the greatest miracle heaven has to offer you. And it was a solution and a plan put in place before the world was even founded. When you look at uh, our technology world that has accelerated so much in the last 20 or so, 20, 30 years, Ed talks about the first computer system he ever bought was in the 70s. It filled a room. They paid $100,000 in the 70s for it. And he was quite um, always um, not so pleased when the staff would say, I need a new computer, because his mind goes back to that $100,000 computer that filled an entire room. And he was so disappointed because he said all the staff ever used it for was a giant Rolodex. For those of you who don't know what a Rolodex is, that is an address book. 
All they ever pulled out of it was names and phone numbers. They never generated any of the potential that was in that hard drive. And so computers have advanced and now they sit on your desk. They don't sit in a room. They sit on your desk and they don't cost $100,000. You know, you can get them more reasonable today. But there's still the genius built into that computer. And the backside of the computer is where the genius is, not the one sitting in the chair looking at the screen. (laughs) Right? The genius is in all of that small, intricate working that builds all the circuits of that thing. And the people, let's talk about just us, that sit in front of the screen as a user. As a user. We don't even dare open up the back. (laughs) If you've opened up the back, you broke it. (laughs) Right? Because... You as a user are not qualified, right? No matter how qualified you think you are. There's a lot of people who thought they were more qualified than they were, and they started touching into the backside of something. I remember um, all of your kids love technology. Every child loves technology. There's not one who says, no, don't like it won't play with it. They all like technology and they're all better at it than you are. I mean, starting from little, little, and they just sit and they just go, just, they touch everything. And it dawned on me why they're better at it than adults are because they don't care if they break it. They don't care if they break it. We look at, you know, we touch the wrong thing and the document closes and go, oh my gosh, where'd it go? They don't care. They just start pushing more buttons, right? They just start touching the screen somewhere else. They don't care if they break it. Therefore, they're bold with it. So I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm not kidding. There was a time. (laughs) I got a new computer years ago. And we had a guy on staff that helped us so much with computers. And I took it on the road. He put all the, you know, all the programs on it that I needed and stuff. I took it on the road and I go, I don't like the way this looks. I'm going to change it. That's what I said to myself. I said, self, you, you can do this. Why? I don't know where the button is, but I'm not afraid to break it. So I'm just going to just be bold. And that's how you learn stuff is you just navigate your way through, especially with computer. You got to get your hands on it and you got to navigate your way through it. And I thought, no problem. I can do that. And so I sat and I clicked maybe three times and the whole thing went black. I was, I I didn't have a computer for the rest of the trip. I brought it home and I said, something's wrong with this computer. And I told him, I said, I just clicked this, this, this. He says, he looked at, he said, you corrupted the hard drive. I said, how'd I do that? He says, I don't know. He said, see if it's under warranty, would you? I realized there was a little bit of user error. (laughs) And just because there were things built into it didn't mean I should be 
navigating into that arena. I should have just said, where's the power button? Just show me how to turn it on. You know, show me just your general basics. Anything beyond the basics are a little bit too overwhelming for the general user. Right? Open up that, open up. I mean, Stephen, when he was little, he was taking computers apart. He loved seeing the inner workings. I'm not interested in the inner workings. I just want it to work. Yes. Right? And so the genius of the computer is on the back side, not the front side. It's not just looking at the screen. It's not sitting in front of the keyboard. That's not where the genius of that device is. It's all in the back end of that thing. And if you don't have any backside to it, it doesn't matter that you got a screen. It doesn't matter that you got a keyboard. It doesn't matter that you had the front side if the back side isn't there. It matters uh, with false religions, there's no backside. It's all the front side of works, but there's no backside. There's no wisdom of God. There's no, there's not the genius of God. There's only false things and tradition and religion that's void of the power of God. It's void of a backside. You can sit down at the screen. You can, uh, you know, uh, denying the power of it, you know, and people sitting in front of a screen basically of religion and saying, I do this, I do that. Yeah, but what's on the backside of this thing? Because that's where the guts, the operation of this thing is. That's where the genius and uh, let's just say this, the backside of a miracle is God's part. You'd be better off just don't go back there. (laughs) Because you don't have the ability to make a miracle happen. We only have the ability to cooperate with what the backside offers us. Amen. So if we could say it this way with a miracle, there's a backside and there's a front side. There's an unseen realm to it. And we believe when, when, when we buy a new computer or device, you buy whether it's a phone or a laptop or a desktop computer, you don't even open up the backside to see if the guts are in there. You assume. When I bought the computer, the genius is already in it, right? It's the same thing every miracle. You don't have to say, is God going to come through? His backside is always in place. You don't have to wonder, is a miracle, does it belong to me? Will it happen? There's no risk to whether or not there's the genius part put in. God himself, the wisdom of God has already formulated and made the plan for your help, your need, your miracle. Now, once the genius of a computer, once that brain and that hard drive and all the circuits are in place of that computer, all you have to do now is sit down at the front. Now you just got the, the user part. The user has to learn some things. Because if the user doesn't learn some things, it doesn't matter that the genius is in that computer. You're not getting it out. It just become, as Ed's first computer that filled the room, a Rolodex. You'll just get the bare minimums. Many Christians live a Rolodex life. They just get the bare minimum out 
of the genius that is on the inside of them and the genius of God's plan that's already formulated. So many are just content with just getting names and phone numbers, basically. What's that mean? Just the bare minimum. They never tap into really what that thing can accomplish. And Ed would get so disappointed if we didn't... uh, get the best out of all of that because it costs so much. Well, it costs so much for God to give us, provide the redemption. And it's not pleasing when we're content to just get the Rolodex information out and leave the wealth and the genius of the thing untouched. On the inside of us, the greater one is there. We are hardwired. Yes with the wisdom of God, the genius of God, the help of God. And for us to worry is to not realize what we're hardwired with. And it's an insult to the backside of what God has already put in place in our redemption. Now it's an issue of user error. That the user has to get on there and just learn some things that just only the user can do. You know, it doesn't matter if you sit down at a computer that's got all this, this genius built into it, if you never turn it on, if you never touch the keypad, if you never put a demand on it, it remains untouched, it remains untapped. It doesn't matter that you have it if you don't use it. Amen. But so many don't even realize what all can be accomplished if they'll become skillful users. Amen? And uh, turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. So the back side of your miracle is God's part. The front side is our part. God's part is already in place. Now it's just becoming a skillful user of this wonderful genius and wisdom of God and the help of God and the ability of God that we possess. Amen. So our thing to do is don't start touching into God's part because his doesn't need your help. Don't open up the back of your computer. You don't know. You've gone too far. Right? When you say, when's he going to do it? How's he going to do it? That's built into the backside. Don't go there. Well, I just don't understand how he's going to do it. Don't go there. Don't Don't pick up your mental screwdriver and take the back off. No. Don't touch his part. When and how is his part. Believing is our part. And because we believe, we act. We put a demand on what the backside has already hardwired for our life. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified in verse 10. It says, for we are God's own handiwork. Huh. What What is this handiwork that he did in us? Recreated in Christ Jesus. That's the handiwork of God. The genius of God built into your existence. Born anew. Now is our part. That first statement is God's part. Recreated us in Christ Jesus. 
Now is our part. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. In other words, this life is already built. It's already programmed for victory. Everything you need is built into this thing. It doesn't need anything more. The plan for your life is already authored. It's already funded. It's already supplied. It's already provided. Everything is built into the hard drive, so to speak, of your redemption. And so now our part is just take the paths. What's that mean? Become skillful with the hard drive. Become skillful with everything built into the backside that you don't see, the unseen realm. Amen. So he made a plan. Now notice he made a plan for your life. And notice this, it's prepared ahead of time. Can we say this? Prepared ahead of crisis. Prepared ahead of of, of opposition, prepared ahead of lack, prepared ahead of sickness. Everything has been prepared ahead of all these things that come up to challenge it. The answer is already provided. It's all, your life is already hardwired through your redemption with all the help, all the genius of God, all the abundance. Now it's up to the user. And thank God here we have this heart, this, the, the genius of redemption that belongs to us that contains everything we'll ever need and we're the user. And then it comes with a guide, the Holy Ghost, to teach us how to work this redemption. How to, because I, I remember, you know, when I would get a, a new device and I'd say to the fellow on staff, show me how to do this, this and that. And he would say, well, let me do it. And I said, no, 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 don't do it. Let me do it. Point. So I can do it. The Holy Ghost is not there to do it for you because you'll never learn it with him doing it for you. He is your helper, not your doer. He helps you do. So God prepared this path and everything you're going to need is on it. And then you have a guide that says, don't take that step. Don't go that direction. Quit hanging out with them. It's going to cause a virus in your system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'll corrupt your finances. It'll corrupt your marriage. It'll corrupt your thought life. Don't touch that direction. User error. User error. You know. Amen. But it's our job to take the paths that he has already in his genius put in place in our lives. Now go with me, if you would, um, Psalms chapter 77. Psalms chapter 77. When you open up that computer, the potential is all there. But it's up to you learning it and using it. 
in the, in the plan of God for your life, everything you need is built into the plan. But it's up to your skill in using it. Right? These computer companies do not come and do it for you. They just give you some instruction and you have to do it. How, how skillful are you at your computer depends on how interested you are in learning it. How skillful are we with our redemption depends on how interested we are in having it. It's not, it's not that God offers one person more. One person was more interested than another and became skillful. Amen. And everything that he has packed into our redemption, it's faith that receives it. Amen. And that's part of being skillful as a user with our redemption is that we have to use our faith. See, uh, because we don't, we are not given a keyboard and type in healing. We're given faith. And so as we put our faith in place, then all that God has supplied and stocked our path with comes into manifestation in our life. Now in Psalms chapter 77, and let's look at verse 14, and I'm again going to read out of the Amplified Translation. Psalm 77 verse 14 reads, you are the God who does wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the peoples. You have, with your mighty arm, redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, verse 16. When the waters at the Red Sea and Jordan saw you, O God, they were afraid. The deep shuddered also, for all the waters saw you. Verse 17, the clouds poured down water. The skies sent out a sound of rumbling thunder. Your arrows went forth in forked lightning. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings illumined the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way in delivering your people was through the sea. And your paths through the great waters, yet your footsteps were not traceable, but were obliterated. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What's he talking about? God's people came up to the Red Sea and they needed an escape. God did not create an escape when they arrived. It says here that God, it says in verse 19, your way in delivering that your people was through the sea, your paths through the great waters, yet your footsteps were not traceable, but were obliterated. What's that mean? Before they got there, God walked it. God walked it. What's this? The backside of their miracle. They weren't there, but the waters saw it. It said the waters saw him. He put his own footprints in the bottom of the Red Sea. And then the waters covered it. They were obliterated. It was not visible. But what was it? The people had to believe that their answer was there, although it could not be seen. Moses gets to the Red Sea and starts praying. Wrong. 
God said, why are you praying? Is praying wrong at the wrong time? It's wrong. When it's time to act, it's not time to pray. The praying should have already been done. So he gets to the Red Sea and starts praying. Moses, don't have a prayer meeting. There's a mad enemy army on your tail back here. It's not time to pray. It's time to activate the hard drive. It's time to get hold of what that backside has already been provided with. So how's he going to do it? Not through prayer. Listen, prayer is right, but there's a time and a place. But God said, stretch forth your rod. And when he did, the waters parted. What? Oh, now I see the path. So what's this mean? Before the enemy ever showed up, God had already put his footprints in the water. You're coming through this. This is your, this is your, this is your path. God's people still had to take it though. But Moses had to do his taking by stretching forth his rod so that everybody could walk. Well, I want you to know you've got to, you've got to do your own stretching forth of your rod of faith, your words of faith, your acts of faith. And what will it do? Your faith will expose where he's already pathed for you. Amen. When you, when you think about, oh my gosh, I'm having such a hard time meeting my mortgage. He's already walked there. I just don't have enough money. No, he's already walked there. It's your job with your faith to reveal his path. Reveal the footsteps where he's already walked. He's already prepared it. It said ahead of time is what Ephesians said. He didn't just walk it yesterday for your need that showed up today. Those footsteps were in the water before Egypt was a nation. He didn't just walk it the day before they arrived. Ahead of time, ahead of time, ahead of time. Before time started being calculated, he walked it. It was Moses' job to believe that there was a path. And his job to speak and act so that that path could be made visible. And then it was God's, the, 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 the job of God's people to walk that path. Well, we've never seen anybody do that. It doesn't matter. If that's where his footsteps are, if that's where the Spirit's leading, that's where his footsteps are. Amen. When you realize that your life has a backside to it, you stop living like all you can see is the front of your screen. You don't talk and think like screen people. You talk and think like uh, this, these, these circuits and the brain of this thing, the wisdom of God has already been put in place. Where is room for worry? We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.